Would you go please to Galatians, the sixth chapter, and Hebrews, the third chapter. Galatians 6 and Hebrews 3. Galatians 6, 9. It said, and let us not be weary in well-doing. What did the Lord tell us? Don't get weary. Don't let yourself get weary. Can you, can you do that? Can you decide not to yield to weariness? Can you decide not to yield to being tired? Tired of standing, tired of believing, tired of holding fast. See, it's a decision. When you walk by faith, you don't have to act like you feel. You can feel tired and act happy. Somebody say, well, you're just a put on. Well, the Bible said put on the new man. Amen. Put it on. Put joy on. Amen. Put gladness on. You don't always feel like standing another six months. But when the Lord said, don't, don't let yourself get weary. Don't be weary. Then you say, yes, sir. I am not weary. I'm weary less. I refuse to be weary. Maybe your mind feels weary, your soul feels weary, your body feels weary. You look at your dog, he looks weary. (laughs) Your car looks tired and worn and your clothes look tired and worn. But you just say, I refuse to be weary. I will not be weary. Because see, weariness is the prelude to quitting. You, you yield to the weariness and it's not going to be long until you're going, to, you're going to consider giving up. And you don't even want to start down that path. What did he say? Let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season we shall reap. If, everybody say if. If, if we faint not. We shall reap if we faint not. If we get in faith and we stay in faith, we will get results every time. Do you believe that? Do you see people that are, that are confused and they say, well, I, I, I stood and I got in faith, but it didn't work. And, and somebody else says, well, I know somebody and they were in faith and they were strong in faith and full of faith, but it, but it didn't work. No, you don't know anybody like that. You've never met anybody like that, that got in faith and stood in faith and didn't quit and it didn't work for them. You have never met anybody like that and you never will. Now you'll meet a lot of people who think they know something about faith and they don't. And you'll meet a whole lot of people who started out good but got weary and quit. Do you remember Psalm 105, what is it, verse 19 I believe it is? It talked to, in fact, won't you just hold your place, turn back there real quickly. Psalm 105. It talks about Joseph. And we may mention him again before this is over. But you know, Psalm 105, 
17 says, The Lord sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant. Psalm 105, 18 now. Whose feet they hurt with fetters, he was laid in iron. Verse 19, notice in particular. Until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord did what? Tried him. Now Joseph got vision from the Lord when he was, what, 17 or so? And uh, he, he embraced that vision. And he held on to it. But it didn't look like it was going to come to pass. I mean, he got sold as a slave and then went from bad to worse. And went from, you know, being a slave to being in the dungeon. But at 30 years of age, he held on to the vision. And he wouldn't quit. He wouldn't give it up. He wouldn't believe it was too late. He wouldn't believe that too much had happened. He wouldn't believe he was so far down that, he, that, that what he saw could never come to pass. You know, just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it can't happen. Just because it hasn't happened in 20 years doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It's not over yet. I said it's not over yet. God's still on the throne. Word's still true. The, the earth is still turning. We're still breathing. It ain't over. I said, it's not over. The vision that the Lord gave you, the thing that he showed you even years ago, it may seem like you're so far from it and so much time has passed, but it's not too late. It's not too late. It can still, everybody said out loud, it can still come to pass. And if we'll believe God, it will come to pass. But notice this, that though time passed and though thing after thing happened, the Bible said the word of the Lord tried him. When people, you know, you hear people saying, well, I I tried that healing stuff and it didn't work for me. I tried that faith stuff. I tried that tithing stuff. I tried that sowing and reaping stuff. I tried that believe you receive it. And it didn't work for me. Wrong. It tried them. And they quit. Did you hear this verse? Until the, until the time of his word came, until the, the season of it came, the word of the Lord tried him. And he passed the test. Said out loud, I'm going to pass the test. I'm not going to give up. Do you remember Habakkuk? Don't turn there. But Habakkuk 2. It said, the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. And make it plain upon tables that he may run that reads it. Now I want to ask you, the Lord asked me this question during this week. He said, why would you need to write it down? And make it plain. What do, you, what do you mean write it down? Record it. Why would you need to record it if it's going to come to pass by, by tomorrow? Now you're getting it. Because he goes, the very next verse says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie, though it tarry, wait for it, 
Because it will surely come. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. It will surely come. The very next verse says, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. We talked about yesterday, we live in an environment and in a world of instant gratification. And that that so feeds the nature of the flesh. Your flesh, my flesh, the nature of it is is. Uh, impatience and impetuousness and, and, and it wants what it wants and it wants it now. It wants it for me. And walking by faith and walking in the Spirit, we have to learn to crucify the flesh and, and to put that down and say, just shut up and be still and be quiet and trust God and stand. Yeah, but why hadn't it happened? It's been six weeks. Shut up. Shut up. I believe I receive already in my heart. By faith, I have it now. And I'm expecting out here for it to come to pass. Could be today. Could be this afternoon. But what if it's not? What if if this whole next week passes and it doesn't happen? Well, I know I'm closer to it than I've ever been. How many know that right now, this morning, you're closer to what you're believing for than you've ever been? Hallelujah. I mean, just take the coming of the Lord. Peter talked about and the prophets talked about in the last days there'd be scoffers and mockers and people that say, where is his coming? For everything continues like it has from years past and from days gone past and and scoffers and mocking, they're doing that and they're going to do it more. People that'll say, oh, y'all are a bunch of fools. It's been all these years and Jesus hadn't come back. But he is coming. I said, he is coming. And he's coming soon. Now, soon is a relative term. What you call soon might not be the same thing that the Lord calls soon. But it's soon, and we know this, it is so much sooner than it was a thousand years ago. We're close. We're closer to it than anybody has ever been. But did you notice he said, right division. And the Lord began to deal with me about that. One reason is because you've got to keep it in front of you. Because the devil knows that if you and I get in faith, and that if we stay in faith, that no, no amount of his working against us, no amount of his demon's activity can cause or stop the power of God from bringing it to pass. Because the devil just, he can't stop God. I understand the devil is not an equal opposite to God. He is a fallen created being. And he is in darkness. He doesn't have the creative power in him. All he can do is destroy and mess up. And so he can't, when, when you and I get in faith and stand and won't quit, he can't stop it. He could pull all of his resources on one person and could not stop it. That's a thought, isn't it? The devil and all his cohorts and all his demons can't stop one healing. Couldn't stop one hundred dollar bill from coming to you. I'm talking about the whole force of hell. The whole force of darkness couldn't stop 
one prayer from being answered. They can't. I said they can't. They can't. I know some years ago when I first got into the ministry, the devil began to harass me, brought these thoughts to my mind. He said, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. I mean, it just came morning, noon, and night for weeks. I'm going to kill you. I'd cast it down. I'm going to kill you. You're not going to make it long. I'm going to kill you. Well, he does come to steal and to kill and destroy. He's a known murderer. You know, that's what he wants to do. That's what he tries to do. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. I mean, this went on day after day after day. I just keep casting it down. You're a liar. And finally, thank God for the Holy Ghost, the greater one inside. He spoke up inside me. He said, why don't you ask him why he hasn't already done it? I began to get sassy. I thought, yeah. Yeah, devil. Oh, you're going to kill me. Yeah, I'm going to kill Why hadn't you already done it? Why didn't you kill me in my mother's womb? Why didn't you kill me when I was a child? I know you tried to. Why didn't you kill me when I was a teenager? You had lots of opportunities. Why didn't you kill me when I was 20? Why didn't you kill me when I was 25? Why? I guess maybe just because you kind of like me a little bit, won't let me live a little while. I don't think so. You know why he hasn't killed you already? It's because he couldn't. He's tried. He's done everything he knows how to do. He can't. He ain't big enough. He ain't bad enough. Because God in his great mercy and by his great protective power, by his angels, have kept us. And spared us and protected us unto this present hour. And he'll do it all the way to the end. If if we'll just even halfway try to follow him and obey him, he will keep us. He will keep us. The devil ain't as bad as he cracks himself up to be. He's been stripped. He's been brought to naught, reduced to nothing. Put under our feet. So he can't stop our healing from coming to pass. He can't stop the money from coming in. He can work. There's some things. There's some, now listen to me. There's some times he can hinder. Some people don't like to say that. But the Bible says that. Paul said on one occasion. He said I would have come to you. You know once and again. But Satan hindered me. So the devil can do some things that hinder. But he can't stop it. If you'll just stand and won't quit, he can't stop it. So he knows that. He knows he can't stop it. So he's not trying to shut down and stop God. He's not going to wrestle with God. So what he does is he focuses his attention on us and on our faith. And he works incessantly to get us discouraged. To get us weary and tired and to get us to quit and give up. Because if we give up, then God no longer has a legal right to do it for us. And that's the end of it. So in effect, the devil has stopped it. But really it was us who stopped it. Can you see that? So the the, the good fight of faith 
has to do with us taking the stand and casting down imaginations and casting down reasonings and resisting and not paying attention to contradictions and symptoms and just standing and having done all to stand, just standing and refusing to quit and refusing to give up. Hallelujah! And knowing that if we will not get weary and will not faint in due season, we shall reap. Whew, I don't know about you, but I like thinking about this. Go with me to Hebrews. Are you still holding your place in Hebrews? Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're talking about faith. Faith works hand in hand with patience, perseverance. Not enough to just believe God for a day and a half. You've got to believe God until, long as it takes. Somebody said, well, I've been standing and believing for, for three weeks. What do I do now? <laughs> do you see it yet? No. Well, what, can anybody tell me? What do you do now? You stand. The thing you do now is don't change. The thing you do now is nothing different. The thing you do now is what you've been doing. Hebrews 3, are you there? Verse 14. Hebrews 3, 14. For we are made partakers of Christ if, there's that word again, if we hold the beginning of our confidence Steadfast to the end. Let me read that again. How many know that everything we need is in Christ? Our healings in Christ. Our prosperity is in Christ. Our anointing, revelation, everything we need. And we're made partakers of the anointing and blessings in the anointed one, in the Christ, if we hold the beginning of our confidence. We, t- we talked about yesterday how that on a marathon race, you'll watch them at the starting line. Man, they're, they're, they're jazzed. I mean, they're, they're ready. They're, they're, they're all they're so full of power and so full of energy, and they're ready to go. And when, you know, we begin to believe God in an area, that's the way people are. They're so excited. They just got a hold of the word. They've just seen what God wants them to have. And so they're gung-ho. They're believing. But now the real question is, can we keep that excitement? Can we hold fast the beginning of our confidence? How long? Steadfast. Steady as she goes. Excited every day. Expecting every day. Confessing the same thing every day. Unto the end of this thing, receiving the end of our faith. Turn with me, please, to Luke, the eighth chapter. Luke chapter eight. Sit out loud while you turn through faith and patience. I inherit the promises. Luke eight. In Luke, the eighth chapter, let's begin reading in verse five. A sower went out to sow his seed, Jesus said. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock. 
And as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Now, did you hear that phrase? As soon as it sprung up, it withered away. It didn't last long, did it? And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. Other fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit and hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, if you read back in Matthew 13, you'll find that Jesus, and, and when, he, when he taught this, some of his disciples came back privately and they said, you know, what, what do you mean by all this? And Jesus said to them, you, you don't understand this? He said, if you don't understand this, how will you understand any of the other parables and the principles of the kingdom? So you could say this is the, the, the granddaddy principle of the kingdom and of faith. And we see here that he mentions four Different situations are four different types or conditions of ground. And as we keep reading, we see that the seed is the word. And we see that the ground is is the hearts of human beings. We, We need to see and understand that all of the results in our life are the results of the product and fruit of the word of God. When we have a healing, that's a, that's a harvest of healing word that's been sown into us. When we have prosperity, that's a harvest of the word. How many have had, got blessings in your life that you didn't have some years ago? What is it the result of? You know, if people really knew this, they they would be so hungry. They would be so diligent to get in positions both in private and in public meetings where they could get the word in them. Why? Because we're not going to have miracles. We're not going to have great prosperity. We're not going to have healings. We're not going to have great revelation or any of these things unless first the word gets into us. The word takes root in us. The word begins to grow and develop in us. And if it's kept long enough, it'll begin to produce fruit. Hallelujah. And depending on the conditions, it can be 30-fold, it can be 60-fold, or 100-fold of the fruit of healing, of the fruit of blessing, of the fruit of the word of God growing out in your life. Well, the devil knows this. So what's he out to do then? Number one, keep that word from getting into you. And then number two, if it does get in you, try to, try to keep it from ever bringing forth any fruit to fruition to abundance. Now let's read over in this same eighth chapter. Jesus gives the explanation of the parable. In verse 9, his disciples asked him, what might this parable be? Verse 11, he says, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Hallelujah. What's the first step to getting a healing? Get the word of healing in you. See, faith faith comes by hearing. But faith for healing doesn't necessarily come by hearing the word on water baptism. And faith works the same in every area, but it must be fed and developed individually in each area. That's why people can be strong in one area and weak in another area. It goes on to say, 
Those by the wayside are they that hear, and then comes the devil and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Now Matthew 13 records this, Mark 4 records this, and really you've got to put all three of these together to, to get the whole thing, because each one adds some things that the other one did not. And in Matthew 13, he said that the person didn't understand what they heard. And so this, this is a case of a person who the word came to them, the word bounced off their ears, but they were hardened towards it, and it never penetrated them. It, it never got into them. So it was just on top of the ground. It was never planted. And the enemy comes and scoops that off immediately, and so that's the end of that. There'll be no healing harvest. There'll be no prosperity harvest in that case. The other one, it says, they own the rock. Now, you have to read the other ones to, to realize that one says stony ground. Another one talks about shallow ground. This is not just a flat rock. It's ground that has rocks in it, and particularly that it's just a, just a shallow soil with rocks underneath. Everybody say Shallow. So it goes on to say that they in this shallow situation, in this rocky, stony ground, when they hear, they receive the word with joy. Everybody say joy. And these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. Let me read the other accounts. One says... He that received the seed into stony places, the same that hears the word, and anon with joy receives it. Mark talks about immediately they receive it. With joy. Well, this all sounds good, doesn't it? You heard the word. You understood the word. You received the word. You're glad about it. And you, and you, you received it quickly. But it says, yet he has not root in himself. And so doers for a while, but when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. Hmm. Do you suppose this has happened a lot? Mark says they have no root and so they endure for a time. And when affliction and persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. We need to be quick to believe God. We need to be quick to accept what he says is truth. But we don't need to be over hasty in claiming things in faith. Because again, it's not how quick you can claim something and how quick you can make a good confession. Because these individuals, they ha though they received, they had a shallow reception. And though they started out good and they started out with joy, yet as they kept going and the heat beat down and pressure began to come and contradictions begin to come, it's not working, it's not working, and they begin to, to, to reach down for, for, for roots and sustenance, but it's just rocks there. That's why the prophets talked about breaking up the fallow ground. Amen? And the Bible talks about watering the word. Teaching is, you know, Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered. 
Can you see this process? We need to be quick to to believe God, but we don't need to be hasty about what we claim and what we're believing that we receive in the area uh, of life or finances or, or even in healing or whatever. We need to cultivate this, you know, hear the word and think about it. And look at it. I remember Brother Hagin talking about years ago when he was on the road and when one of the children back home would have a physical problem. He mentioned specifically about uh, his daughter Pat and she was needing something. And how that even though he had been teaching uh, healing and faith for many years and could quote most of the scriptures uh, on healing, and, and we can easily believe that, yet in the afternoon... He'd lay across the bed and read these scriptures again and confess them. And what's he doing? He's getting ready to receive healing. This, she was real small, and it's, as a parent, you can receive for your small children. But he didn't just do it. It wasn't something that was life-threatening. It wasn't something that, you know, had to be done that moment. And so day after day, he, he would meditate on those scriptures. Day after day, what's he doing? He, he's stirring up. He, he's breaking up the ground and, and getting, getting where we can have a deeper reception and, and watering this. Can you say amen? See, anybody can, can, can make a confession and claim the sun, moon, and stars, but that doesn't mean you got the roots to see it through. Faith is not a rush, it's a rest. And you've got to be able to maintain that rest for the duration, long term, long haul. And you see what happens, this will answer so many questions for us as to what has happened to people that supposedly were believing God and didn't get results. Can you see already what's happened to so many people? What happened to them? Help me out here. What happened to him? Anybody know? Does this, does this sound familiar? Immediately, they received the word with joy. But they had no root. And so they endured but just a little while. And when persecution and affliction came, for the word's sake, they were offended. Have you met anybody that's offended about the word? It's sad to say. I know of people that came to this school. This sat where, you know, the students are sitting right now. Heard the wonderful things about healing and faith. Believed it. Took off like a house of fire. And preached it and taught it everywhere. And wrote books about it. And put out tape series. And, and pastored churches and became larger and larger. But... uh Something happened in their life and affliction and persecution became for the word's sake and and they quit and didn't see results and they got offended. And some of the same people that used to preach it now preach against it. I know of people, Rhema grads, they used to preach healing. Now they preach against healing. That it's not God's will for everybody. And that faith doesn't work for everybody like you've heard it around here. But it's not a matter of what Brother Hagin believes or what this or that. It's a matter of what the Bible says. Jesus said, if you'll believe and not doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say comes to pass, you'll have what you say. Jesus said, believe you receive them and you shall have them. Jesus said it. It's got to be right. 
So instead of this stuff about people trying it and it, it didn't work, no, we know like Psalm 105 said, it tried them. And they quit. They gave up. This word offended is an interesting word here. It means to cause a person to begin to distrust and desert what they ought to trust and obey. It is that which causes a person to bristle with indignation, causes a person to feel displeasure at a thing. I said all this to say we we can monitor ourselves to see how we're doing in faith. What is it, Romans 15, 13 or so? It says, now the God of, of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. You see how these people started out when they heard the word? They received it how? With joy. And when you're in faith, I say this sometimes humorously, as you go down life's road in your faith mobile, there's a couple of gauges you need to keep an eye on. How many know in your car there's a gauge or two you better check once in a while? One of them's a fuel gauge. Is it true that if you never look at that fuel gauge and if that hand just keeps falling down, falling down and gets down there around the E mark and keeps hovering and you don't look at it and you don't pay any attention that it's going to sputter to a stop and leave you on the side of the road somewhere? Can I get a witness? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Well, if you're trying going along in faith, endeavoring to believe God, and, and, and you notice that, that you just don't have joy like you started out with. You don't have peace like you started out with. I mean, you know, you're, you're dragging through, you're, you're making yourself say the confession, and you just are not excited at all about it. Well, understand, you're not doing good in faith. Just making a confession in the morning is not all there is to faith. Faith is not just of the mouth. It's released through words. Faith is of the heart. Amen. And when you're fully persuaded of a thing and you believe God's heard your prayer, it puts you in a state of confident expectation. And when I'm really expecting the, the, the money to come in. I'm really expecting these symptoms to change and go away. I'm really expecting, even though you might be in the midst of a trial, it makes you happy because you know this is temporary. This can't last. This lack, this need, this pain can't last. I've already prayed. I've already released my faith. Amen? That's why you can have joy in the midst of the situation. That's why that you can count it all joy in different trials and tribulations and tests. You show me a sad, depressed Christian, I'll show you one that's in doubt and unbelief. I don't care how many confessions you heard him make that morning. No such thing as being in faith about a thing and being depressed about it. No such thing. Faith is a rest. When you're in rest, you're, you believe you got it. No matter what you see, no matter what you feel, and you're shouting anyhow. Amen. Yeah, but it's like this. Yeah, but it's got to change. Yeah, but we don't have it. Yeah, but it's on the way. When will it be here? Really soon. We're closer to it than we've ever been. Well, you, you said that three months ago. Yeah, I know. And look how close we are to it now, man. I mean, we're three months closer to it than we were then. 
Now see, when you get like that, the devil can't do anything with you. He can't stop it. I said, he can't stop it. He can't stop God. He can't stop the angels of God. He can't stop the Word of God. He can't stop the Holy Ghost. And if he can't get you to give up and quit, if he can't get you disgruntled and confused, then there's nothing he can do with it. You don't have to understand everything. Faith is not based on all your mental understanding. The devil will try to mess with you in your head. He'll try to ask you questions that he knows you don't know the answer up to. To try to get you going, hmm, you know, I hadn't thought about that. Why has it been so long? I don't know. Well, why is these symptoms? You heard about so-and-so. I mean, he stood and believed God. And I mean, it happened for him in three days. Here you are six months later and he looks further than you've ever been. And if you get to get in the, the mental realm with him and get to reasoning and thinking about this stuff, he's got you where he wants you. Next thing you know, you're going to lose your joy. You're not going to be excited like you were. You're going to lose your peace. You're going to begin to question. You don't have to know the answers to everything. Just be simple, just like a child. Just simple and say, no, no, my daddy told me it was mine. So I'm just looking for it to come. That's it. That's it. I know I was believing the Lord for some material things one time. And, uh, and he, uh, I was standing and it had taken a while, hadn't come to pass. And of course, you know, I don't care who you are. There's some level of your faith where you'll be tempted, tested to get weary. I don't care who you are. Where you are. Whether it's talking about, you know, $50 for a, a bill or something. While you're going to school, or if it's uh, 40 years later and you're believing for $5 million to build something or whatever. I mean, the principle is the same. Everybody's got their point where if it hadn't happened in a certain length of time or if it's a certain situation, you're going to begin to feel it. And so I, I was feeling something a little bit on this, and, and the Lord reminded me. He said, do you remember your Kellogg's submarine? Man, I hadn't thought about that <laughs> in a long, long time. But instantly, I remember, some of you might know. When I was a little boy, you know, of course, I ate, you know, cereal. And on the back of one of these boxes of cereal, they had this submarine. And you put these, was it soda tablets or whatever it was in there? And then you put it in the, in the back. Of course, you had to run the bathtub full of water. And you put it in there. And boy, them things get to bubbling, you know. And it'd go, it'd go down and on the bottom and it'd come back up. It was cool. And uh, I thought, man, I got to have one of those. And I didn't have much money, but I saved some allowance and did some yard work and didn't and helped, you know, with some some things around and, and got a little things together, a little bit of money together. And 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 I sent my hard-earned money with with however many box tops it was to Battle Creek, Michigan, and. I had never been out of, of the state of Mississippi. I didn't know whether there was a Michigan or not. I want you to see how much faith we operate in. I sent my hard-earned money to people I had never seen, didn't know them, didn't know if they even existed, didn't know if there was a Kellogg's plant there, and fully expected them to send me a submarine. Well, it was all by mail. 
Our mailbox was three quarters of a mile from our house down a dirt road. And so I marched all the way down there, reached up and put my thing in there and put the flag up on the mailbox. They watched them when they came and got it. Because it's my money. But you know, you know, what Jesus say? Become converted and be like a little child. It, it, ne- it never bothered me. and I, I, It never even crossed my mind that they might not send me a submarine. Huh? It never even crossed my mind. You know, little children, they'll trust naturally. They have to learn fear and distrust and all those things. And I mean every day. I figured it might not be the next day, but I came out and checked anyway. When the mailman came by, I'd go to, I'd go to that mailbox. And I mean days passed and weeks. I'm going to know when you're small, weeks are a long time. I mean, that's, oh. But I fully expected that submarine to come. I knew it had to come. I'd never crossed my mind it might not come. One day, there it was. He put a big box in there. I went up there and got it. Oh, man, it's this submarine. I ran straight all the way. I ran back, got my soda tablets, ran the tub full of water. And, oh, man, I had fun for a long time. (laughs) And the Lord said, just on this particular thing, he said, just trust me as much as you did the cornflake company and we'll be all right. I said, yes, sir. And I did, and we were, and he did bring it to pass, though it took a little while. Hallelujah. You know, so I mean, we believe God for some things, and, and it came to pass right away, but there's some things, it took five years. Some things took 10 years. Some things took 15 years. Some things I've been standing for for 20 years, and it hadn't happened yet. But hey, 20 years is not a lot of time. Didn't get much amen on that, did I? Time's going to pass anyway. And if you're not believing for something, then you're going to get what you're believing for, nothing. But if you're believing for something and time's passing anyway, you'll see that though it looks like it can't, though it looks like you get so far, though you might feel weary, stir yourself up, and oh, it's going to be a time of rejoicing when it does come to pass. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. Said out loud, through faith and patience, we inherit. Go with me, why don't you, to Matthew 13. We'll close with this. Oh, God's a good God. What a good God. Has he ever let you down? Has he ever failed you? Did he ever leave you hanging? Did he ever let you just go down the drain while he stood by and watched? Every time that you trusted him, every time that you held on to him and didn't quit, you know it. He came through for you. Every time. Every time. And if you won't quit, that's what will happen. Every time. I like the scripture, 2 Corinthians 2.14, one of my favorites. I have it on my Bible. I have it on my desk. Thanks be unto God. Who always causes us to triumph. 
I've whipped the devil many a time with that one word, always. Because he'll come and sit on your shoulder and say, not this time. I mean, the Lord could heal you a thousand times. And then a thousand one come up and the devil say, oh, you ain't going to get it this time. Why not? It worked the other thousand times. Well, when it worked it, no. And he'll tell you the same old thing. No, yeah, you got money come in before, but you ain't, ain't going to come in this time. Just look him in the face and say, always, always, always means this time. Always means the next time. Always means the time after that. Always means if in a year from now I'm in something that's bigger than I've ever seen, I win that one too because always is always. Always means if 10 years from now I get into something that's bigger than I ever imagined and harder, I win that one too. Because always is always. Matthew 13, are you there? Matthew 13, 31. Another parable put he forth to them and he said, The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs. Said out loud, from the least to the greatest. That's a trip. Say, say this out loud. From the sickest to the healthiest. Say this out loud. From the poorest to the richest. Say this out loud. From the dumbest to the smartest. From the slowest to the fastest. From the least to the greatest. Now what's he talking about? You might say, well, you know, is that relevant to us? Is it relevant to What's he talking about? Mustard seed. Which it reveals the principle of the kingdom of God, reveals the principle of faith. This is how faith works. This is how the just shall live by faith. The whole kingdom of God operates by faith. And it works just like a mustard seed works. You remember Jesus also said when the disciples came to him, they said, Lord, increase our faith. What did he tell them? If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed... You'd say to this tree, be plucked up and cast in the sea, and it would obey you. So we know faith works like a mustard seed. Are we in agreement? He said the kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becomes a tree. Have you seen a mustard seed? From a mustard seed... To a tree. That's a trip. And that the birds of the air can come and lodge in the branches thereof. You may feel like a mustard seed right now. In some areas of your life, you may look like a mustard seed. What I mean by that? Ain't no birds can land on you. Ain't no room. 
And the vision that God might give you. I mean, the Lord will tell you things sometimes. I mean, you know, I'm going to use you like this. I'm going to make you a blessing on this measure. I'm going to use you to do this. I'm going to use you to have this kind of impact or that kind of impact. And man, you may look down and go, (laughs) birds lodging on this? Oh, but friend, you can come a long, 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 long ways by the power of God. How many have already, the Lord's brought you a ways from where you were? Well, if he brought you from where you are now as far again as where he's brought you from, where would you be? Can he do it? Does he want to do it? He went on to say, he said, uh, uh, another parable he spoke, he said, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leaven. What what does that mean? She puts this yeast in there and it's a whole big pan of, of dough and that yeast just starts working in there. Just starts working. And it doesn't just change it You know, in a moment of time, but it just keeps working and it just keeps working and it just keeps working and it'll work. I don't care if you got a dump truck load of dough, it'll work through that whole batch. I remember Brother Hagin saying, the Lord said to him one time, he said, so many of my people are seeking after the spectacular and they're missing the supernatural. Instead of looking for and putting so much emphasis on the instantaneous in our daily walk with God and putting so much emphasis on the spectacular, if we would just look at the supernatural, the, the spiritual workings of faith in us, that it, it might not be, uh, you know, lightning uh, flashing and thunder rolling, but it's there and it's working. It's there and it's working. And even though it starts so small and even though you might seem so far I mean, it seems, I mean, if you were inside a mustard seed and you were looking up at a tree, the the, uh, standard Bible encyclopedia tells us that that mustard seed and plant in that part of the world will grow from that minute seed up to a tree of 15 feet or so. I mean, that that is some distance. And if you were in that mustard seed looking up to that tree, that would seem so far. And your healing might seem so far away. It might seem so great. The, the, the financial need might seem so far away. But don't look at that. Don't look at the end product. Don't look at how far you've got to go. Be like the mustard seed. That mustard seed is planted in the ground. And what does it begin to do? It begins to reach out. And one thing it's got in it is I can do. I can do this. And it begins to expect to come out. And it begins to push. Everybody stand up with me. It begins to push. Put your hands up here. It begins to push. And it begins to push out of its shell. And push out of its shell. And it just keeps pushing. And it keeps pushing. It's dark in there. And it's damp in there. But it just keeps pushing. And it keeps pushing. And it keeps pushing. And the, the dirt begins to crack a little bit. There's some daylight. Ha! There's some daylight. Glory to God. It begins to push out. And push out. And push out. And push out. And now we got a little limb coming out. Now we're out in the sunlight. Now we got a little leaf beginning to come out here. Hey, glory to God. Now we're three inches tall, but I ain't stopping here. I ain't stopping at three inches. 
Just keep pushing. Keep believing. Keep expecting. Keep believing. Now we're a foot and a half tall. That's a long way from a mustard seed. But I ain't through. God's a big God. Hey, I'm reaching for the Lord. I'm reaching for heaven. I'm reaching for the glory of God. I'm believing. I'm extending. I'm reaching. And just keep on until you are a tree. A tree of righteousness. That people can get shelter in. And people can get fed in. And people can get help in. Hallelujah. A tree planted by the rivers of living water. You don't dry out. Your leaf doesn't wither. You don't get weary. You stand even through drought. And the wonderful thing about this, you never have to stop growing. You can be a hundred feet tall and just keep on keeping on. Because with God, all things are possible. Hallelujah. 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 Woo. <laughs> Hallelujah. You said out loud, Father God, your faith is in me. The God kind of faith. Like a mustard seed. I will believe you. I will expect with joy, by your grace, I will not quit. I refuse to get weary. I shake off weariness. I resist tiredness. I'll not doubt. I'll not waver. I'll not quit. And you will. You will. Bring it to pass. Bring it all to pass in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.